thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we are so pleased to be here with Dr. Susan Durham, the Director of the Advanced Systems and Technology Directorate, or AST. The Office of Public Affairs asked Dr. Durham to sit down with us during Women's History Month to film a podcast, and she has graciously volunteered her time. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Um, let's just kick off with some questions here. So this month is an important anniversary for AST. AST was founded March 3rd, 1997. Uh, what thoughts do you have on the progress the directorate has made over nearly 25 years now, and where do you see yeah. it headed? So actually, that's a really good question. Uh, we have one of my favorite slides that we give uh, is it says AST is in the DNA of the entire NRO, and that's because we are in every single online system, every single on-orbit system. We've dedicated uh, and transitioned technology, uh, methodologies, systems. There's nothing flying. There's no ground station that AST hasn't contributed to in, in all of this time. So I'm really proud of the fact that we literally are in the DNA of the NRO. But we do have to change a little because the NRO itself is evolving. We, uh, as space democratizes and more people have access to space, we see high schools nowadays have satellites in orbit. Other countries have a sovereign space capability. Um, both our allies and our adversaries. Commercial uh, space is very big at the moment. Space is basically becoming a much larger field and we have to grow our architecture to change with it. So we're going to have to develop an architecture that is more integrated, uh, more autonomous, uh, and more responsive. And we have to start thinking about all of our satellite and our ground as one, almost an internet of things. So we have to change how AST looks at the future. We have to see this as a vision and then prioritize towards creating that vision. So we've come up with something called the architecture after next which is uh, a, a prioritized list of technologies to get us to that fully integrated vision. So basically, we've done great things. We have achieved a lot over the last 25 years. Um, but now is the time for us to start looking at creating an architectural solution and creating a strategy for our investments. Um, basically, we're just keeping up with the times and moving forward. That's great. We're so glad that AS&T is leading the way with innovation at NRO. Uh, let's get into some Women's History Month questions. I'd like to hear if you had any women that you've worked with over your career, either above you or below you, um, that inspired your leadership and your learning and what they taught you. Wow, you know, uh, that's a really good question. Um, I would say that uh, one of the women who really inspired me uh, was uh, Dr. Janet Fender when I was a captain uh, at AFRL. And uh, what was great about Janet was she was so intelligent. Um, and, and wise. Uh, and she was able to lead uh, firmly. She made tough choices, but she never denigrated anyone or dismissed anyone or made anyone feel bad. Um, but she also wasn't um, too soft or wishy-washy on her decisions. She had a calm wisdom about her. Uh, and it, it really made me feel as if she was someone I wanted to, to follow. All right, not including your current job. Which is the best job I've you, ever had. Yeah, you can't do this one. What was your favorite assignment and what did you take away from it? You know, my favorite assignment was the ITIC, Intelligence Technology Innovation Center, my first CIA job. All right. I loved it. Um, it uh, 
it started off, I mean, uh, as before it became the Office of the Chief Scientist, where it became something a little bit different. It started off as 13 PhDs. Uh, and one non-PhD was smarter than all the rest of us. Uh, and our job was to personally do our own research. I was running the nanotechnology um, portfolio. I didn't have any CETAs, I didn't have any FFRDCs, and not to take anything away from the brilliant people we have here, but uh, I did my own research, did my own slides. Yeah. If, uh, uh, if I needed to know what was going on in the community, I got on the internet or I went out and visited. Uh, and uh, my colleagues were, they were all smarter than I am, let's just face it. Uh, and so I knew if I was going to get up and brief to my colleagues on a new nano material for antennas, somewhere there was going to be like a world expert in antennas, one of my colleagues. So I better up my game and learn what I don't know. So it kept me intellectually sharp. Uh, and it was, it was uh, a bit of a university type environment. We all were, were equals, uh, including our boss, and our job was to solve problems. Uh, I loved that job. Uh, and, and I would like AS&T to have some of that as well. So um, we are actually creating an ETIC in AS&T, oh, cool. uh, Enterprise Technology Innovation Center, where we are bringing in some brand new PhDs um, who will not be program managers, but will be PIs. And they will do their own research and learn the technologies that the NRO needs, the new ones and the current uh, expertise before they uh, filter into the system. So. That's great, and nice to have that synergy on the ground and learning yeah. all around you and constantly inspired to achieve. That's, I love that's it. a great experience. All right, that's a good first job, good favorite job. Do you have any catchphrases or <laughs> mantras that get you through your day? I, I, I assume when you say get me through the day, you mean when life gets tough. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> um, it does. Um, I, I actually have two that I live by. Okay. Uh, one is everything the cat does makes sense to the cat. <laughs> I actually have a little statue on my desk with uh, that sign. And it basically means, um, you know, if you, you watch a cat and you're thinking, what is that animal doing that, that, is, that is not reasonable? Let me tell you, you watch colleagues, subordinates, uh, superiors, you, sometimes you have that same reaction. I do <laughs> not know why you're doing what you're doing, but it makes sense to you. So I have to remind myself that it's, it makes sense in their mind, so I, maybe I ought to figure out why they're doing what they're doing. So, um, uh, yeah. And the other one is all wounds eventually stop bleeding. I know, people have that reaction like, but you could bleed to death. <laughs> well, yes, but you stopped. Um, okay. it, the point is that you, know, you get in a situation where you're frustrated or you're angry or you feel um, someone said something to hurt your feelings and you've lost your self-confidence. I mean, this happens to everybody. Right. And you're dealing, or you're dealing with a toxic personality and you have to remind yourself, it's going to stop. It's, you're upset now, you're angry now, you're feeling insecure and you hurt now but it's a, it's a temporary emotion, and it's just an emotion, and you can do things about it. Just like uh, if, you, if you do have a wound, you can get a Band-Aid. Um, you can walk away from a situation. You can change a situation. Um, sometimes you just endure a situation. Uh, I literally was this um, Valentine's Day. I uh, cut the tip off my finger Oh no. You can't even tell anymore. Um, while I was 
making some uh, making dinner, uh, and he would not stop bleeding. And my neighbor is a nurse, and and she came over, and she was like, "Yep, that's just going to have to stop on its own because it was right at the tip, so you couldn't suture it." Um, I wasn't going to bleed to death, yeah. but we just put my hand in some uh, hydrogen peroxide and some betadine and waited about an hour for it to finally stop bleeding. And uh, it's that kind of, yeah, it's not going to kill me. It doesn't feel good, it, but it won't be there forever. So um, to kind of go back to, to what I was saying, all wounds eventually stop bleeding. No matter how you feel, it's one way or the other, it will, it will pass. This too will pass. So what great advice during COVID <laughs> and these last 18 months or so. Yeah. Yes, and notice we are sitting more than six feet apart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, what's one thing you wish people had more training or skills in um, as you're leading teams? You know, and to talk directly to the audience in this one, pay attention. Shut up and listen when you're talking to somebody. Listen to what they're saying, listen to what they're not saying, watch the body language. Oftentimes somebody comes in and they want you to solve something. It might not be what they say it is you want them to solve. Um, they might want to vent or they might not even be good at, at expressing themselves. Um, or frankly, they may have irritated you at one point or another. Um, and you just have to tell yourself, just stop. Pay attention to what they're saying. This is a human being across the table. Just shut up and let them talk. I cannot tell you how much, if you just shut up, people will solve their own problems. And then you get the credit, you know, because, oh, you, you helped me, boss. I really appreciate that. I'm like, no problem. Just come in and solve your own problems anytime. Um, but, but to be serious, really pay attention to the person you're talking to. Realize they're a human being uh, and let them talk. Just let them go. What great advice. Help people help themselves. They usually will. All right, if you could learn to do anything, what would it be? <laughs> so, um, I have two answers to this, because for me, if I want to learn something, I just go learn it. I, uh, um, sur surprised maybe to the point of irritate my family, where if I want to learn something, if I want to learn the violin, I went and bought a violin. If I wanted to learn the piano, I bought a piano. If I wanted to learn to quilt, I bought a sewing machine. Um, so if I, right now I'm trying to learn how to make my own clothes very badly. I, That's great. I, yeah, it's not working out too well, but I will, <laughs> I will figure out how to make myself a pair of pants that don't <laughs> look like they belong in a circus clown. Um, but I'm learning it. Um, that said, the one thing I would like to learn is I really would like to learn how to sing. Oh, nice. I cannot carry a tune in a bucket with a lid on it. Um, I sound like a cat that got dropped into an agitating washing machine. I do no. not. No, I don't sing well. Um, and I should just take lessons yeah, uh, to learn how to sing. Um, but I'm so busy trying to make pants and other things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to learn how to sing. On I'm the list then, aspirationally, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. It's good to, good to keep things going. Yep. Um, what is your advice for women rising to leadership positions? Um, you know, I'm going to give the same advice I'd give uh, to women as I would to men. Um, if you don't have a thick skin, learn how to heal over quickly. Um, because leadership is hard on you. Unless if you have any sense of compassion for another human being or any sense of self-worth, you're going to be challenged in a leadership job. Um, 
human beings are complex and everyone has to be the hero of their own story and that they should be we should be right. the hero of our own story but sometimes in order for somebody to be the hero of their own story there's got to be a villain if something's going wrong and it's always not always but most always it's the boss who gets to be the villain so you will find as you rise in leadership you will be misunderstood sometimes innocently sometimes deliberately um, you will be blamed for things that you had no control over um, people will want you to be the bad guy in many situations and it it it's frustrating and it hurts but it's human nature so if you can't just let it roll off then find a way to heal quickly when you're hurt so uh, if I have anything that uh, really angers me or um, really challenges me I go back to all wounds eventually stop bleeding I'm angry now I'm hurt now I'm um, you know ready to take action and destroy this enemy now um, but just wait wait and let the emotion heal over um, so I, I would say that just be prepared for the fact that leadership is very difficult people being human beings they're going to challenge you uh, and you just have to figure out how to deal with with those challenges one more thing I think I would like to say to women in particular as they rise up through um, leadership is um, don't judge yourself too harshly either. You know, one of the things I find with trying to get women to go in for promotions now that we are doing uh, petitioning for promotions mm -hmm. is I will go to women who I think are plenty ready and they will say, well, um, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I meet all the criteria um, or I don't believe, you know, I, I, I want somebody to tell me I'm ready. And many men uh, and many women and men of various cultures they don't wait for somebody to pull them up and tell them to become a leader. They just do it themselves. Women should do more of that. If this is what you want, ask for it. My whole life has been about going after what I want. Sometimes I succeeded and sometimes I didn't. Right. But I have never waited for somebody to tap me on the shoulder and tell me it's my turn. So take your own turn. Absolutely. All they can say is no, right? And you can survive it. Yeah. That's the worst. That yes. too will stop bleeding. And <laughs> that wound too will stop bleeding. Absolutely. Uh, what do you believe, looking at women rising through the ranks, what is the biggest challenge for the generation that's coming up behind you? I think we're in this odd, what's being called, I read a Time article in a magazine about the other day, called the post-feminism age. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I have to start off by telling you, I grew up pre-women's lib. So, yeah. I'm over 50 and, and more. Um, but it was at a time and a place where it was the cultural norm that women were inferior. They were physically, emotionally, and mentally inferior. Um, and the idea that women should be paid the same or should be spoken, uh, you know, taken seriously. Um, that was a good 62 years ago. Um, and we've come a very long way. This is a culture now that wants to treat everyone equally, uh, wants to treat people of whatever um, gender, whatever uh, orientation um, uh, we want as a, as a culture to treat people of different races and ethnicities. We, we want to aspire to treat them all um, equally. Um, and there will be some people who say we're now in the post-feminism age. You don't have to fight for feminism. You don't have to fight for equality because we have it. Yeah. We don't. Um, and believe me, everybody has somebody 
who doesn't like them for some reason um, or denigrates them for some reason. Right. Um, there are people who will denigrate women, people who will denigrate people of a different religion, a different uh, race, you know, different political agenda. Um, in we are not yet done with judging people uh, and we are not yet done with uh, everyone really treating each other as as human beings so um, I think that they're now going to be faced with the fact that that there is uh, sexism still exists but there people are going to say no it doesn't now we're equal everybody gets the same amount of pay um, I will tell you that uh, I just this year uh, had someone um, refer to me as um, a compassionate elderly woman who maybe, you know, there should be a man in that job. These kind of things still happen. And when you bring them up, uh, you know, people say that you, you can't possibly, that can't possibly be true. To, to reduce someone, anyone, to a stereotype, mm -hmm. uh, to uh, refuse to acknowledge the fact that anyone who's gotten where they are by their own hard work, uh, it's, it still happens. And if you're going to be a woman in leadership, uh, you are still going to get men who will talk to other men besides talking to you first. Men who will uh, want to talk to a male engineer before they'll talk to a female engineer. It, it just still is there. And so I think you have to, it's better. And be happy that it's better. But um, you're, you're going to have to still fight, fight the fight. It's yeah, I've heard uh, people say it's more insidious now and it's harder to pin down. It used to be much more blatant, and now it oh, might yeah. be kind of in the shadows or on the edges, and you have to think, hmm, was that because, you know, I'm a woman, or? I literally, I read a uh, podcast, uh, excuse me, I, I read a text last night that one of my, my uh, male friends actually showed me, um, and uh, a man, and the guy was saying, it's not that men don't trust women because they're sexist, it's because men are simply better at, at some things than women are. That literally is the definition of sexism. And I think that person really did not consider themselves a sexist. So it's insidious. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So for those men in the workforce who are trying to be more supportive advocates, um, what advice would you give them to be better allies? Um, first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for, for being aware and for caring. Uh, because I have learned over the years that um, there are, there's just some mag been magnificent men in my life who um, have been there uh, for me and have helped me succeed. And one of the things I will say to them, just as I said to um, my, my dear late husband, don't fix it. Yeah. Resist trying to fix it, or f for me, right. just listen and, and let me talk and um, offer to support uh, because I, I think that uh, in some in some cultures and in an American culture, oftentimes uh, in the the male culture is more "I'll fix it for you," "I'll take care of it," um, and they don't realize that that feels unempowering. Yeah. Not I don't I'm not asking you to fix it, um, but I might need your help, or I might need your advice, or I might just need your support. Um, so yeah, just thank you, thank you, thank you. Resist trying to fix it, uh, and just offer to help. But if somebody asks you to fix it, go fix it. That's okay. If you're asked to, fix it. We're good. Absolutely. If you could go back in time, um, would you do anything differently, or what advice would you give to a younger mm. self? 
So this, that's actually kind of a, 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 that's an easy and a hard question to answer. Yeah. Uh, I think the easy question, the easy way to answer it is just calm down a little past Susan. <laughs> Don't be so fervent about everything. Just, I was energetic. So uh, sometimes, you know, I wouldn't change what I did, but I would change how I did it. I'd be a little calmer because you can scare people away if you're too fervent about mm -hmm. something. Um, but you know, the other thing is, I actually wouldn't change anything because even the very painful things that I've gone through have taught me, well, taught me to be calmer and taught me to listen. Well, maybe your answer is the same, but what was the biggest challenge that you had to overcome in your career? Was it that too long year odyssey or something um, else? No, actually it's, it's a little bit, use the word insidious, um, not being taken seriously. And really? I still largely, there are people who just don't take, um, well, they don't take women seriously. They don't take researchers seriously. Um, they uh, don't take somebody who isn't their paradigm of what a leader should be. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and they, I, they underestimate me. Uh, again, I grew up in a very backwards um, socioeconomic environment. Uh, people assume that when you're poor female from the wrong side of the tracks you, you you can't contribute to society people assumed especially in the 70s and the 80s when I was growing up a woman couldn't be a good scientist when I was enlisted um, well you know enlisted female must be here just to get a husband um, when I was a young officer um, that uh, you know, let's talk to the, the the men about it, and we'll let her go and do her. You know, I was put in positions where, you know, a woman's job, go take care of the um, paperwork kind of thing. Um, and I I think throughout my whole career, uh, people have either seen me. Oftentimes, people think I'm a very friendly. I am a very friendly person. I'm a very open person. And sometimes people say, well, then you can't be tough. Right. Um, or uh, if you're someone, again, a researcher, well then you can't be serious about true hard engineering. But that's okay, because I will tell you this, people not taking me seriously has not stopped me one bit. You just want to take, don't take me seriously, that's okay. I'll still succeed. And right. anybody else who feels as if you're, you're, you're not being seen or heard or taken seriously, just, just do it anyway. And prove them wrong. And prove them wrong. That's right. Well, Dr. Durham, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate thank your time. You. And this was a very fun interview. Thanks again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care.